Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Red Side of Trent. And uh, hello, viewers, on this Sunday morning. Sorry, running on a little late. Um, it's kind of my fault, but we're fine. Um, I'm joined by Adam Wicklow, Reese Lane, and Lee Clark as we dissect Nottingham Forest's 4 2 defeat at Aston Villa, which they played yesterday and leaves the Reds 16th in the table thanks to results elsewhere. Um, yeah. Not great, but we'll hop into it uh, straight away. Uh, Reese, I'll start with you. So, so we'll kick off with the team. And there's only one change, really, but it was for Nuno Tavares, who was now out for weeks, apparently. But it was more the issue of the person who replaced him. So, obviously, Moussa Niakate came in for him instead of Harry Toffolo, which says quite a lot in its own regard. I mean, on the one hand, I sort of thought that, you know, he's, he's doing that because... Niakate uh, is a much faster player, and obviously to try and replicate um, Tavares' speeds, maybe that's what he was trying to think go, go along the lines of. But um, bold change. What did you think of that? Yeah, I, I thought it was odd when the team came out um, because, with respect, you know, we always say round pegs and round holes, don't we? So why you played a centre back at left back when you've got a left back on the bench? I just can't fathom personally. You know. It, it's kind of easier to say because of what's happened, but Toffolo's got to play for me. I mean, I mean that you get into the point of, you know, like with United last season where they were playing Luke Shaw at centre-half when Harry Maguire was sat on the bench, you're kind of thinking, you know, are, are they done? Do the, does the manager not fancy that player at all? So, and it, and Nuno obviously realised he, he messed up as well, which does happen because he made the change at half-time. I, I did say to the guys before we come on here, if he had been in situ quite a lot longer. I think he probably would have made the change earlier, to be honest, and dragged well, any of the centre-backs or near Carte off, really. So, 
you know, I can't, I don't, I'm not going to kind of put the blame on Nia Carter because it's it, it's just not a left back, is he? I mean, I mean, I think Steve Cooper played in there against Brentford and he got himself sent off. So it was, yeah, ended up being um, a bit of a one from the manager what has didn't work out and. It's kind of a shame on Tavares because he's a player who looks like he's just got going. He's built up a really good relationship with Callum hudson Adoy. I know people on social media are very split on him. And you, and you could just see that left side was a bit of a mess in the first half. And it's, it's a case of another player who's getting going injured again, which sums up our kind of form, doesn't it? So, yeah, it turned out to be the wrong selection. I, th- I think Nuno realised and in his post-match as well, I, th- I think he'd kind of know they'd messed up but yeah kind of a shame really because we we got hammered down at left side in the first half badly yeah in fact it didn't took all of four minutes of to really exploit it Lee um I mean on the one hand you have to say that Leon Bailey played tremendously well and probably deserved that in the match but you know it was just so easy the ball went to space you know and then you know it's just <laughs> what it's a complete mess I mean um the first goal. Yeah, like I say, it's, it's just complete mess, and it was, it's, it's no coincidence that everything came, you know, down that side. Um, I think what I would say, and I'd, again, I don't want this to sound um, too detrimental, but I think it's a case of everyone screaming for Toffolo to play because he's the natural option there. But with Leon Bailey in that form, there's no saying that Villa still wouldn't have run ragged. We, we've said before on this podcast that. Toffolo, as good as he's been when he's been called upon this season, he's a very steady performer. But against the better sides in the division, um, he can you know be found wanting. So there's no saying that if if Toffolo had played, um, we would have still got battered down that side. But I think it'd have been easy to kind of comprehend if you if you start the game in the proper fashion and and go with the the round pegs in the round holes. Um, but yeah, it was just interesting, really, because obviously Watkins didn't really get a sniff, did he, um, in the home game at our place? And obviously, for a centre forward who who just loves scoring goals, you, you that would have hurt him. I think that we, he played a team like Forest who was struggling at the time, and he barely got a kick of the ball. He certainly didn't get a clear cut chance to score. Um, and obviously, Charity FC, I suppose, if you want to call it for want of a better phrase, four minutes in, and he's 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 at the score sheet. So. Yeah, it was just a mess all around and it wasn't helped by Nuno making that decision to play near Kate there. No, absolutely not. It was just it was just painful that goal. I mean, even it was just like watching it in slow motion, like just one thing after another one off near Carter was exposed, and then you know, Murillo gets done by Bailey, and then Felipe gets the ball put through his legs when he leaves a gaping hole trying to block his it's just one thing after another, and obviously Watkins is just there on now. There's nothing sales can do for that or any of the goals really. I think when I think, I think when you but... when you play a team like Aston Villa as well, I mean we we say it before, it's a bit cliched, but in this league, if you're not if you're not at it from the off in certain games, there's certain games that you play against the teams, probably every team in the bottom half of the league, you might be, get away with a bit of a slow start, but against any of those teams in the top half, never mind ones pushing for a Champions League place, if you're not at it from the minute go, especially on their home their own pitch then you're just going to get punished and, and we got royally punished yesterday. He did, well, he did, fluff, he did fluff that headed into your ass. That, can you remember that? Yeah, he had the sniff in three. Yeah. This is it though. I mean, like, like we were saying, this is what we are saying in the preview pod with uh, me and Adam have said. Like, ultimately, Aston Villa are fourth in the league and we're 16th. They're going to expect to win that game and they 
were set about going like, right, we need to right the wrongs of what's happened before, but we'll go at them. That's what they did. And Adam, it wasn't even long till you know there was just a constant threat. Like Forest didn't start the game at all. I mean, I was that is probably. I mean, someone said that obviously I, I said at half time, and a few people said, "Oh, what about the Fulham game?" It might have a fair point, especially the second half. But at least in the first half, Forest competed for twenty minutes. That was the worst first half I've seen from Forest since that Stoke game on the Hewton. It was absolutely abject in every. We just didn't start. We didn't get going whatsoever. It was just like. It was a training exercise for Villa at times. And, you know, Watkins has one cleared off the line by Niakate. We don't listen to any warnings whatsoever. And lo and behold, the second goal, Adam, is pretty much exactly the same as the first. Fasten the space, put across, and then, you know, a few more dilly dallying in the box. But ultimately, it falls to Douglas Louise. He just strokes it home. But surely Forrest has to learn their lessons better than that because that's just pathetic, pathetic in every aspect. Yeah, I thought I thought it was worse against Everton at home to be fair, <laughs> where we didn't couldn't string five passes together. Um, yeah, that second goal is is like schoolboy kind of defending Dominguez and Danilo both drawn towards Jacob Ramsey in the penalty box. Who me and Reese spoke about had had a had time in the in the penalty area to look over his shoulder, have a half turn, and, and play what is a good pass. To, to see that and have the vision and execution to Douglas Louise, but how you two centre midfielders are, drag, are completely drawn to the ball is beyond me because if one of them is switched on a little bit, they cut the ball out and we're, we're off on our way on the counter-attack. Jacob Ramsey causes loads of problems by occupying that inside space and completely pinned our centre half centre midfielders back. Like no, We didn't know what to do and I was saying to, to Reese as well, like, I'd love to listen to a coach um like how to counteract that other than like making your right back basically get up the field. But we just didn't get on the ball. Villa just overran us completely. Uh, and that was like the, the 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 reminder of like from last season where we was getting overran in midfield constantly. John McGinn and Douglas Ruiz just had the freedom to do whatever they want. I mean, I didn't really, really like feel like Tielemans was in the game too much until the second half, but he obviously got a standing ovation, was, was obviously very good, but I didn't really realise he was playing but he was obviously having an effect as well and I didn't notice but it just completely overran easy goal 2-0 and you kind of go it's game over now um, even before the third has gone in yeah just real real slow start I don't know what chalk and cheese from last from last week I think that's the frustrating thing I mean I get some of these players are young so they're going to be inconsistent but um, it was just so bizarre like the contrast it was just like it was just like watching 11 bodies in the field. It didn't look like watching a football team. I think like at least in Everton, where, yeah, okay, we were exceptionally poor, but at least we were trying to play football, fair enough, very badly. But there wasn't even that, a Villa. It was just, there wasn't anything. It was just lifeless. It was a pretty much a perfect reminder of the Chris Tewton era when fans started to come back into the stadiums. It was just completely lifeless performance. There was just nothing. And we've, we've got a huge tendency when we're bad, um, like especially defending where we just don't track runners whatsoever. Mm. And and Aston Villa, I found this season, are one of the better sides for a for a late runner into the box. Like Douglas Ruiz has scored like, what, nearly double figures from central defensive midfield because he just that's what he does and he's he's a good technical player. Yeah, it's just immensely frustrating. And obviously, Reese. I mean, if it wasn't game over then, it certainly was not long after. Um, again, <laughs> down that side, it's just simple crossing to the box and... Again, haven't tracked the man very well. It's just, you know, 
this is this is kind of the issue I had earlier on in the season when we had the whole Turner and Blackademus debate because it wouldn't really matter who's in goal if you're going to keep giving away chances like that. It doesn't make any difference. You could have Ike Casillas on performance enhancing drugs and he'd still be conceding three goals in that first half. So just because of stupid, stupid errors. I mean, I mean, Villa, Villa are a very good side. You know, McGinn and Douglas Louise are really good central midfielders at this level. And, and to be fair to them, they, they smelt a little bit of blood, didn't they? And they took it. It's, a, it's, a, it is easy, Christian. I agree. It's, a, it's a superb ball from McGinn. If if we're putting a crossing like that, like Hudson Adores for Wood at Brentford, we're saying how good it is. It was perfectly on the money, and it's a free header for Douglas Louise. He can't miss. He doesn't miss. You know, he's a player in form. Like Adam said, I think I think he's got eight for the season. Um, in the Premier League, although just take penalties, but that's another discussion. But you know, and then then you kind of at that stage fearing that this is going to be a thrashing. You're kind of thinking in the back of your mind, what's the biggest score we've been done by since we've been back to the Premier League? I think it is Man City wants it six nil. Um, if quote me if I'm wrong on that, and you're kind of thinking, is it going to get to that level? Um, but um, yeah, but. I mean, I mean, as well. I think it was like a huddle. Then I'm not, I'm not sure you guys, you guys haven't seen the full game. So Gibbs White got all the players in a huddle after that because they literally looked like a team of strangers. And you know, I was kind of watching like, how can it, it be from last week where we made one change to this week? They're just all looking round at one another like it was a team of strangers. And to be fair, that I mean, as we're going to come on to that huddle, actually, I think gives like say like, what the hell was going on? That actually, kickstarters it kickstarted us into life a little bit. Well, I mean, it can get much worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but thankfully, yeah, they it did. I mean, despite offering absolutely nothing or half, I mean, we amazingly scored from a corner, um, which you know, grateful in only the third goal this season we scored from a set piece. Obviously, Big T heads it across goal and near Carte's on hand to sort of tap home. But, I mean, that's surely a positive. And maybe we shouldn't hang Simon Rusk from Trent Bridge just yet, despite what people were saying with some of our defending in recent weeks. But, yeah. Yeah, you've stolen my thunder. I was just thinking while we were talking there. I mean, I was just thinking of some of the comments that I've seen and after the Newcastle game when we conceded set-piece again. It's, oh, Simon Russ needs sacking and this, that and the other. I suppose based on Forest fans and their nature to flip-flop, I suppose we should give him a knighthood now because we've scored from a set-piece. So, um, yeah, a positive for, for certain um, in a game where they were few and far between. Certainly a first half where they were, it was the only positive. So, yeah, it was nice to score from a set-piece. Um, and I mean, it, it's again, it's cliche, but that's how easy it is. It sounds like the sort of thing you say on a Sunday morning, doesn't it? When you score a, a goal and it's dead, it looks dead simple. But it, it, that's how easy it is to, if you know, if you, I was watching match of the day, and Everton have scored like 15 from set pieces, and look where they are in the league, they're lower than us. Um, so it, it is a simple thing. If you're working on it in training, it should be a simple thing to do more often than we are. Um, so yeah, absolutely a massive positive. And I guess in a to a certain extent. I'm pleased it was Nia Kate that scored because as much as he had an absolutely tragic first half, I don't again, it's this notion with some Forest fans that one bad performance against a really good side playing out of position, you're not good enough. Football doesn't work like that. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. Um, He probably doesn't like playing left back. It might be one of those positions where he hates playing, but he thinks, you know what, I'm getting a shirt for the club. I'll give it my best shot and it didn't work out for him yesterday. So it was nice to see him score. No, definitely. I, just... I mean, 
So can I just gone. add, sorry, um, that was his 300th Premier League goal, that was, according to Match of the Day, near Cartes. Yeah. And a question for you all is, can you remember a Forest player scoring with their chest before? Would it be maybe the first one I can think of? But I do have a feeling Rafi Jabor kicked it onto his kind of chest when he scored oh, his well, goal. Oh, well, Yeah. But um, I, couldn't, I couldn't really remember one. No, maybe it, anybody no. in the comments if you can remember one, someone a forest player scoring with their chest. Maybe a bit of a quiz question for you. Oh, definitely. Well, they all count. The fact that one did, and yeah, I mean, Adam three subs at half time. Obviously, Toffolo, Origi, you know, Omar Bamadele came on for Felipe, Murillo, and Taiwo. Obviously, Toffolo going to left back, Andio and Niakate going centre back. Obviously, Origi going to the right wing, which he seems to be doing done quite a few bit recently. We'll, we'll cover that later, how he sort of goes to the right wing and Alanga goes up front. But, I mean, he worked instantly. I mean, absolutely outstanding ball from Marigi into gibbs and who just keeps, he's the calmest man in the stadium and suddenly Forrest back in the game. Yeah, it's, I kind of said to myself, like, if we can get a early second half goal, then it's it's game on. I think we'd have, I think we, we kind of got a bit further up the pitch, five, ten yards up further. We got stuck in straight away and, I think that's what something that Divock Origi offers that Taiwo maybe can't, which is that bit of technical ability and, and an eye for a pass because it is a great reverse ball and, and Gibbs White's in. And you're kind of thinking oh, at, at one point that he's going to put the ball in the net and the flag's going to go up. But no, he's, he's runs time to absolute perfection and it's a great instinctive finish just to lift it over Emmy Martinez. And yeah, it's game on and, and something that you'd like to see from Gibbs White a lot more, but it's just... It's not always easy for him to get into those sort of positions, it seems. But yeah, it was great, and I, I, I proper had my tail up. I'm thinking like we've we've got an absolute chance here because obviously Aston Villa made a key change in taking Pau Torres off, who was who I thought was excellent in the first half for Aston Villa. It completely stopped and nullified every attack we had. I think so. We 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 smelt a bit of blood. I was open, but obviously what what happened, and I won't steal anyone's thunder, but it was to be. Not, not just a bit of a consolation, but nice to score another two goals, I guess. Again, if, yeah. if anyone wants to put a positive spin on this, that loss, we've scored more than Arsenal and Man City combined at Villa Park this season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not many teams have scored twice at Villa Park, but again, it's just another annoying instance of Forest scoring twice and not winning the game. And Reese, he very nearly was free all. I mean, straight after. And again, another fantastic ball from Origi. I mean, we go back to um the, uh, sorry, the goal, sorry. It was, was it Matty Cash, Keith and Gibbs White on side, which is quite nice of him. Um, cheers for that, mate. Yeah, but, cheers, um, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, again, another great ball from Regan. And Anger just has so much more time than I think he realises. And I mean, at that point, you know, the crowd had gone. Like, they, they were like on the ropes massively. If he at least gets out on target or scores, which I actually felt he could have taken maybe two or three more touches at that point rather than just shooting as quickly as he did. But um, what did you make of that? Because I, for me, he has to at least hit the target from that position where he's played in like that. Because he's, he's ahead of the back line. Is that to me or Lee? Because you said... Oh, sorry, Lee was... Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lee was primed and ready. Um, yeah, it was kind of a bit of like the boxing analogy, wasn't it? Where you kind of get in battered and all of a sudden, you know, you get a punch from the gods and the other guys back on the ropes again. And yeah, there was a little bit on the ropes because they, they kind of sat off a bit after that you know, second, and I'm not going to swear, but it was like, yeah, the the swear word for poo, let's say. Um, <laughs> and then obviously we clip ball over the top and the Langer's in, and that's where, that's 
the frustration with Alanga, and that's where he needs to kind of his rawness, obviously, with his youth, where he needs to show some composure and control the ball and take that through on goal because you know they were at kind of sixes and sevens then, and they kind of we missed that chance, and then all of a sudden they was like, right, we've got away with one there. Let's get you know back on the horse. And the, to be fair, Tillman should have scored for them, hit the post. He should have really scored there. Um, and then as we'll come on to, they, they did win it. But um, I mean, that, that, that just shows you the Premier League. Done to even the sides who are up the higher ends of the table, they can be completely cruising the game. And then all of a sudden, you get a goal back and on another back, and the swing of momentum puts any team under pressure. We saw that on the opening day. With Arsenal pretty much controlled the game. We get one back on the counter with Alanga and Tyro. And then there was, you know, retreated a bit. So it's just it's just such a shame because, you know, realistically, did we kind of expect a result there yesterday? No. But it's just the disappointment is always in the manner of the goals. And that that showed by as we're going to come come on to the goal what completely killed it. And the fourth goal when that killed the game as it did. Like with the Newcastle home game, they got the third through Bruno Gimmerai and that killed it. And it's just a shame we just keep killing games for ourselves with errors. So I'll let Lee take it away. Yeah, it's, it was... It's wicked. But Langer's got five goals this season. I mean, he could have had a brace last week, the volley. I mean, fair enough, he takes that very well. But it's more the one-on-one he really should have done better with. I mean, Lee uh, probably... That ball's probably sat in your back garden. I'm surprised he probably made its way up to Upper Trent, that one-on-one miss last week. Dear me, but it's just like you know the guy's got five Premier League goals this season. I think a much with a much more a bit more composure, even like you said, Reese, he could could easily be on double figures. Like it's and yeah, like he just has so much more time. Than you realise is there? He could even run towards it. He could even yes, if he doesn't shoot, then he could even lure Martinez out and just square it over. I think there was what, someone coming in the other yeah, side. Yeah, what like, what I kind of noticed with Alanga as well is when he gets. Um, like one good chance, he seems to the first time fluff it, and then the second time he kind of learns from that mistake. I mean, you look at the Newcastle one where he should have squared yeah. it. He squared the second time he squared it toward. There is a there is another example Newcastle at home as well. You had the chance where he was one on one, hit it straight to the keeper, gets another one on one second time round, puts it in the net. But he is a young lad, and you're going to get that from him. But he'll probably look back at that chance and be kicking himself really massively. Yeah. It's- like you said, obviously Villa. Then I thought, to be fair, I mean, I don't. I mean, we don't really like praising the opposition too much, but I thought they controlled the game very well after that. That was sort of at that point, like you said, it was like when they just sort of went, no, no more, and they they took they sort of sing out the game so well. They 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 just slowed the tempo right down, and then um yeah, like you said, Williams gets caught out, and we're very fortunate to limit it to the post, and then Lee. I mean, but again, the goal, the fourth goal that kills the game is just. Oh, completely of her own making. I mean, what is Dominguez doing with that pass to Omar who's got no choice but to just very quickly just get it out? He can't, yeah, there's no time to sort of take a touch or turn or anything like that. It's an under hit, awful ball. And of course, it's rushed straight upon. He's the one that gets to blame for it. Although I did find it very odd to think that, um, see, Paul Taylor blame sells for that goal, which <clears throat> I think that's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's, he's, he's a bit done by the ricochet, but it's not really his fault. But um, yeah. Talk me through the fourth goal and your thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, you've hit the nail on there. I, mean, I, I don't think Dominguez, from the bits that I saw, I don't think Dominguez was particularly good yesterday. Um, I think starting to learn with Dominguez, he kind of has, again, he's probably still in the phase of, because he was in the team and then he's gone out of the team, he's kind of still 
you can still give him cut him a little bit of slack in terms of he's still getting up to this level of football, coming across different sides that play different sort of styles of football. So we might have to accept that for a little bit. Um, but yeah, like you say, it was just a, a stupid pass in the first place. And then I, I, I didn't know that Paul Taylor had blamed uh, Cells, to be honest with you. Um, wow. I'm, a lot of a lot of wrong things happen before it gets to the goalkeeper. Um, but I go back to what I've said before, and it's not just Paul Taylor, lots of Forest fans. If a keeper's, you know, remotely involved, then it's got to be his fault. Um, I mean, I know that has been the case a lot this season, but uh, it certainly wasn't for me in this instance. Like you say, I think he doesn't do a lot wrong um, other than essentially grasping the ball. But to be fair, it's quite it's, he's put under a lot of pressure from the Villa player. Um, the ricochet kind of does him. And I just think, <clears throat> excuse me, I just think it's one of those things where the keeper kind of does all he can. I don't think he can do anything else. Um, so, yeah, just, again, architects of our own downfall, I suppose. Do, do, you, know, do you know, for me, if I could just interject, is Amaba Medile should just put foot, foot through, fall into Rosehead, and then absolute bollock Dominguez for Arsenal. I agree with Adam as well. I think Amaba Medile's... Dominguez yeah. has completely sold him short, but Amaba Medile has a chance to get rid and, and he tries to play out further back because he's obviously been told to do that and he's then under hit a pass and it, it's just picked off by Tielemans. But yeah, if he gets rid of it through Rose Ed, then he's got every right to just go at Dominguez and say, what I mean, the heck are you trying to do to me? It, it was a cliche hospital ball, wasn't it? What they used to say. And, but for Amabadadeli then to make that next pass. And then it just it, then it just looks a mess, doesn't it? I mean, it ends up with him wrestling with Watkins and falling over. The keepers mm. come out and it's kind of bobbled, fortunately for them, I guess. You know, there might be people who say, could the keeper come out a bit quicker and probably a bit firmer and kind of gone through Watkins to win the ball? But we just make it look a mess again, don't we? It's you annoying because it's so being honest, well, the goal—I don't—I don't actually think the goal. It, it's funny because it's actually very similar to the one that United scored against us. Danilo's obviously shouted for the ball, but there's a player who's willing to nip in. Yeah. Bamadile has gone to play the short pass instead of just sticking it into Rosehead or wherever up the pitch, and someone's nipped him and we've ended up conceding. It, it, We're almost conceding the like, same goals, aren't we? Well, it looked to me like Danilo, like just being just player nipped in, and Danilo was like, "What are you doing to me?" Kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I get every team wants a lot. I mean, they want to play the Guardiola way and playing out from the back. But sometimes you just got to clear your lines, aren't you? And just oh, cause making mistakes. It's just so frustrating, especially in a game at three two when you're in the game. If, if we'd have kept it at three two for as long as we could have, and we was right in the game. And if we'd God, if we'd have nicked a point, we would have like felt would bleed and rob them, wouldn't we? So it would have been like a win. It would have been like a win. Like 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 I said, you know, realistically, I mean. Villa would have been favourites with the bookies yesterday. Realistically, I don't think any of us, you know, if we, if someone goes, here's a thousand pound, put that on a result yesterday. I think most 99% of people would have expected Villa to win. But it's just the manner from our perspective, how we concede the goals. That's what's killing us. If we'd have got beat, for example, let's say 1-0 yesterday and they produced a really good move and they've cut us open, you kind of hold your hands up. I mean, the example I always use is the Tottenham home game last season um, where we played really well. We lost 2-0 and people said, well, we've, we've kind of, I know we left Harry Kane bleeding on Mark, but we, we've kind of had a go and we played well and we're giving it, a, a, we just give so many soft goals. And that and that's the reason why we're down at the bottom because attacking-wise under Nuno, as I said in a previous pod, 
we can score goals against anybody. It's just defensively, we are the exact same as we've been all season, really, and that's poor. Hugely frustrating. I kind of I do feel a bit from this. I mean, obviously, you're right. He could just bang it away. I feel like he's tried to do the right thing in terms of play the ball up the field and get Forest moving, which has been caught out. But it's again, it, it, likewise, that you go to the root cause of the issue. He should never have been in that position to begin with because he's sold short by Dominguez. So it's just immensely frustrating. But Adam, I mean, even then at the end, even at four two, Forest still had two, namely opportunities, two opportunities to get back into the game. The first one was to Hudson Adoy, who very unfortunately slipped as um, the ball came to him. Because I, I thought that was going goal bounds when that fell to him. I was like, he's going, he's, he's tucking that in bottom corner here. But obviously. No, the footballing gods decided no, and um, he slips over. But the, the second one, I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, obviously, I don't want this to be like a witch hunt because I know what people are going to say. But how has Ryan Yates not hit the target from there? Someone please explain that to me. I feel like that's just that was probably out of all the chances in the game, we've had open goals in that match, and that was probably up there as one of the best chances in the match. And yet he sliced it pretty much into the whole end. I just. I'm at a complete loss of words as to what to say to that. I mean, what can you say? Uh, try and fill in for me because I'm I'm just at a, at a loss. Yeah, the, the Hudson Adoy was was unfortunate because it was literally straight after four two, and I thought if he buries that, it's it's again game on and kind of momentum goes back in our favour, doesn't it? The Yates one for me for me. I mean, it's the calibre of player that it's fallen to. But, I mean, I don't think I'd even be able to get a contact on him. But he, he, he's he's not that kind of player. He, he gets into some really good positions, Yates does. And we've seen that over the years, how good he can get into a position. And I feel like that's just maybe people don't mark him for some strange reason. But but he's not he's not that kind of player. I've never... I mean, I just don't think he's really got that in his locker, to be honest. I think that's why he probably gets it. We're not asking him to score an overhead kick. It's literally straight at him. He can take take it down on his chest if he wants to, or just like let it run across his body and take it down. He just, no, there's just no technical ability whatsoever in what he does. It's it's just like, that's what I'd expect, like, Fat Baz from the Dog and Duck to do on a Sunday morning. Like, he just, <laughs> just You've kind of answered your own question then, really, because he's got uh, no technical ability. This is not Yates' thing. Like, have, have you ever seen him hit a volley and score? Like, footballer. or hit a volley at He's a Premier League footballer. He should be doing that with that. To be fair, like, like you said, Adam, he gets himself into some really good positions. And in the Championship, he actually, the season we got up, he got himself into some good positions and actually made the right contact. You look at the header at Sheffield United, and there'll be others as well, because I think he got nine goals in that season. But the, the only the only defence I kind of give him on that is that he's stretching a bit. But when he'd actually made the contact, I actually thought he'd scored, because every Martinez just stood still and looked to the side, thinking, oh, that's going to go in the net. And then it like, drifted wide. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. Well, yeah, just painful. I think you've kind of answered your own painful. question, Christian. He's, he's he's unfortunately not got that technical ability. People know what my opinion on, well, on him it, yeah. with me is. He's like Marmite with me. Like one well, week is, I think he's brilliant, one the other week I think he's absolutely terrible. There is this so, notion really with Yates, what has kept up with him from the championship that he's good in both boxes. Well, with respect, he's not scored in the Premier League. And he's it's ever had, since that uh uh what was it? If, if Yates scores were in the trend, since that's come, I don't think he's scored. <laughs> you know, we, we was, he was a bit unlucky, but he did score at Bournemouth away last season, to which got, I mean, Bolly's big head was just offside. Um, but he's got, he's had, he's, I can think of some ways, got into great positions this season. I think there was the Brighton game where there was a header. There's one, and 
there's one a few weeks back where I think he I think he saved at point blank range. I can't remember who it was against. Um forgive me for that. But there was a, I'm sure there was another one a few weeks ago where at pretty point blank range. There was the one where he swiveled on the spin, didn't he? Was that that was Bournemouth way, which is a bit unlucky, really, because that was a snapshot. But like yeah. you said, Adam, he gets into some great positions, but when you get into them positions, you've got you've got to at least hit the target, you know what I mean, and make the keeper work there. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give him too much slack because I don't <laughs> think even I'd get even get anywhere near the ball to be honest. Never mind. You're, you're not a Maybe. Premier League footballer, mate. With That's it. I am, but yeah, I am better than Yates. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know. And I, it, it's weird as well because I mean, like that is another thing. I sort of obviously that that, that basically wrapped up the game at that point. But I just saw it out pretty comfortably, and that was that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's a bit weird that Yates came on before someone like Rayner, for example, were chasing the match. I mean, don't get me wrong. As bad as the midfield's pairing were. I did think that was a strange decision because, you know, you, you're chasing the game, so you're still in the game. Like, even though it's 4-2 down, you know, it's a, it's just one of those topsy-turvy encounters where Forrest still actually have a chance. So I, I thought surely at that point you bring on an attacking midfielder before a more I get, defensive I, get, I guess with our easy, we've got cup, cut open in the first half. You kind of don't want to go down a route where you concede in like six. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I, I saw it as, a, do you know, someone said to me at 3-0, oh, you lost the game 4-2. I think we would have, we would have, ran back to the A42 and got back on it because, like I said earlier, it looked like we're just going to completely go under. You know, that the, I mean, the give, when Gibbs White was getting them all in a huddle, you kind of think, Jesus Christ, this is like a side who's bottom of the league and like Sheffield United and what's kind of happening. So that's, that's another little spin of a positive, I guess, but... Yeah, but alas, I mean, like I said, it, it's weird because obviously we've lost 4-2, but I mean, on the face of it, I think if you said to someone, like you said earlier, is, oh, Forrest will lose by two goal margin at Villa Park. I don't think many people would have been particularly, like, shocked by that. It's just one of those things. It's, it's, it's frustrating, like, it's in the manner we lost because I mean, most of those goals were avoidable. But You look at it last year when we lost 2-0 there, and Villa, in my opinion, were absolutely dreadful that day. They, 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 were. weren't, they wouldn't have played any worse under Emery at home apart from when he knocked me out of your last man standing against Stephen Hitchley, but that's another conversation. But And, and we lost 2-0 there, and we didn't really lay a glove on him, did we? So, no, I mean... Yeah. Attacking-wise, we're fine. We, 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 ev, ev, I mean, there's people are... I don't see what's any different on a Nuno from Cooper. Attacking-wise, we are far, far better. The proofs in the pudding, as Sky Sports is on Monday Night Football, we've got nearly double goals on the Nuno from what we had on the Cooper, but it's just the defensive side. If his defence was as good as a as an attack, we'd be probably we the top yeah. half. Yeah, <laughs> but it isn't, unfortunately. Well, I think I think not only not only that in terms of what's different. I think you only need eyes to know what's different. Yeah, th- we are still making the same defensive mistakes, but every game you can tell what we're trying to play, how we're trying mm. to play. Under Cooper, I used to find a lot that. You look at the team sheet and you think, right, there's two attackers there, but one usually plays on the wing and one usually plays up front. And you just find that they play wherever. When the ball went up there, you were hoping something sticks or you were relying on like a a 20-yard screamer flying in the top corner. Whereas I think under Nuno, at least, yeah, defensively, it's still the same players. So we're going to still get the same errors. But how we set up is completely different now. Yesterday, we went went to Villa a fourth with Danilo and Dominguez centre mid. I mean, it's backfired, definitely. But... That is pretty bold, I think, to play those two in centre mid against a team like Villa. Yeah, I think as well, we got it backfired with it. To be honest, well, I don't agree. I think we backfired because mm. of poor performance. 
Like that's it. I mean, how can you account for Dominguez playing that poorly, for example? Like somebody's yeah, well, been that, so good when he's played this season. Well, that's what I mean. It's a battle between Dominguez and Danilo and McGinn and Louise. And who do you fancy to win that battle on paper? Probably Louise and McGinn. Um, and what, then, I, what I would say, just not to put as it out there, as he did, but you know. I think it was massive yesterday that Sangare couldn't play because Sangare with yeah. one of those two, and I think it's probably a different game to be fair. Uh, even, yeah. even with it's, even with the near Gatte situation, well, it, it, Sangare the, played at home and we won two 0 So the, ho- yeah. the home game, Sangare was extremely good. Like, oh, don't say that. You can't say that. I mean, certain people who think that for thirty million pounds he hasn't delivered anything whatsoever. I've named another game. He was good. I'm so the sorry. Season, not done anything. Not so. Played well for four minutes against Newcastle. That's it. We don't deserve <laughs> nice things as a fan. Social sorry, media. I'll, I'll go back in my hole. <laughs> social media went from in a day of we desperately need Sangare back to realising he's injured, and then it was always oh, a waste of money. He's a crap. Oh, how how dare he? Did he have his ankle? It, it, it went back to by Sadio Mane. It went back to yesterday. We need him back again. So ridiculous. Yeah. Hopefully, anyway. he's, hopefully he's back soon. Because yeah, to be definitely. fair, like you know, four thirty million, we want to see him playing week in, week out. You want for a club like us when you spent that kind of money on a player, as we said with Nico Williams last season, when you spent the pounds on them players, you need to be seeing them week in, week out, obviously playing well. So hopefully gonna, he'll be back soon. I'm gonna have a little uh, red hot take. Sorry to take that away from Forest All Over podcast, but Ibrahim Sangare is gonna come back on a Heroes uh, like rebound similar to Danny Fox. No, because he hasn't played as bad as Danny Fox. Danny Fox is the worst <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've ever had. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I, I think just, like, complete Renan, heroes are. I think Ren and Loddy would be the Ren and Loddy would be the one, wouldn't it? Oh, Ren and Loddy heroes he was completely are... written off, and then in the end he was. Yeah, everyone realised why he was starting left back. Yeah, the, re- the like, redemption oh. will come. And... Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And everyone will go, well, I'm glad he's our player. That's what will happen. What what has Sangari played? 12 games, games. maybe? 11 11 games. Give the bloke some time, Jesus! Come on. And let's remember, realistic. let's remember that just because you're thirty million pounds, it doesn't mean that you're immune to fatigue. It doesn't mean you're immune to getting injured. It, 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 oh, don't. Let's move on. Quick. <laughs> I was actually going to cover, to be fair, part of, part, of, part of player performance. I was going to cover Sangara, so we might as well get over him now before we've stepped on it. Thoughts. I just found the whole discourse about that absolutely like baffling. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, like it's all well and good saying like, oh, you know, we expect more from him, and fair. Like you know, he he's taking time to adapt to the league, but like, come on! Like I, I saw someone that hit the nail on the head yesterday. If we go down like this season, 
he'll be in the Champions League next year for someone else. Yeah. He won't be like that. That's how good he is. And like we're Shout just completely willing Tring. to write him off. <laughs> yeah, Danny Tring, Yeah, and we're just completely like willing to write him off just because mm. based on what? Like, is it because he's not an academy boy? Is it because he's not from Nuneaton or you know anything like that? It's just, it's just, I, it just fries my head that like I mean, I mean you know, we've got a player let, of that quality. And we're so happy to just discard him already. It just let's be honest. Stupid. I think we, we all expect more from him because of the player. Obviously, the value of the player he is, and he's been built up. To, you know, I bet he's looking at himself in the mirror really and thinking, Jesus, I wish I'd stayed at PSV because they're flying in the air division in the last 16 of the Champions League. But, you know, he's come to our club. I, I, like this notion of, oh, he doesn't look like he, wanna, he, doesn't look like he oh, wants to be nonsense. here. Well, why, where, where has that kind of notion come from? Because he was the first one over when we scored to Chris Wood when we scored at Newcastle. Yeah, is, is it because he's kind of not coming round to the fans after games and giving everybody a fist pump, etc., to oh, the crowd? Sure. I mean... I mean, it, 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 to me, what he wants to be here because he's come here. You know, it's have easily stayed at PSV in his comfort zone, won an early visit, which is, I believe, he's not won with PSV and played in the Champions League. He's, he's given that up to come to Forest. So, you know, no, we've played, we, we've caught it for two years as we, well. We all expect oh. more from him, of course we do. And we would all like to see for more from him because there has been certain games, which I must add as well, Cooper played him out of position when he was built up as this number six. Give the bloke some time, Jesus. Yeah, I'll just add as well. I think Christian and Rich has both said everything that I'm thinking. But the only other thing that I'm going to put on record is that if he didn't play in the same position as Ryan Yates, who's from Nottingham, who's born and bred, bleeds red and white, there wouldn't be such a, you know, like a a quick element to constantly pounce on everything he does. It's because essentially when he plays, Ryan Yates doesn't. Some people don't like that. And I maintain that that's the hill I'm dying on, basically, with this criticism. No, I, my, I see it. I, I completely see it. Yeah. I redemption... think social media is a poor barometer into it as well, to be honest. Um, my my really. redemption arch comes because Mangala's left and I feel like Sangari will largely play in that in that role. And he, he can play on the half turn and he can and he can protect our back four. And I think we will be much better for it. And I think people have just got to have a little bit of patience. I know we've got, what, 12? Is it 13 games to go now? Or is it 12? 12, 12 left. Yeah, 12. 12. I think he'll I mean, be back if, in. If we stay I, up, I, he's I, a huge part of that. Simple as that. I, I think he'll so, be back in next week against Liverpool. He's got and, to. He's got and, to. And one, 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 one we're singing, yeah, rocking all over the world at City Ground next <laughs> week, people will be looking at Ibrahim Sangari saying, man of the match. Um, yeah, hopefully, now. he's walking around the whole ground and giving fist pumps to everybody, and then it might. <laughs> it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it might he'll end up, he'll end up, he'll end up be being injured for it and not playing. Probably, yeah. no, like, Reese, unless he's holding a forest scarf in the middle of centre circle, singing <laughs> Mullock in time before kickoff, that's it. He's, he's not showing passion. Oh, just, I hate our fans sometimes. I really do. Every player, every player is like you know, personally different in the characteristics, aren't they? I mean, I always go back to like Lewis grabbing people. You know when oh, yeah, he's he not doesn't like material, because <laughs> because he obviously he's not he's not you know shouting and screaming at people. Oh, it's not the 1980s yeah, just, anymore. Like no, the, the notions are a bit silly sometimes. They really kind of are. But I, I just hope you know I'm you know like I says the synopsis of it is you know I do want to see more from Sangor. I want him to be playing week in week out for. But I have got this element of patience. It's his first ever season in the Premier League. He's come to a brand new country in a brand new league, and he's also as well. He's come from a side who are going to be beating fodder like go ahead Eagles and Vitesse every week to an attacking. 
to a side where a lot of the time you're going to be defensive because we're a counter-attacking side. You know, it was the same with Remo Freuler last season. He come from Atalanta to an attacking side. He comes to a defensive side, has to do defensive work, and he looks a bit out of sorts. Well, he don't look out of sorts back in Italy because Bologna are now fourth in the league. And they're he was, he, yeah, he was steaming fine. in to get on the end of the goal. You know what I've seen? Um, I, I think know, they're, they're doesn't, also, do doesn't, now. Yeah. doesn't do anything. Um, Fraudler. <laughs> yeah, move move on. <laughs> Before we do, I will say that I do think that had we had Fraudler in his current system with Nuno, I think he'd be a lot better than what we had last season. Yeah, that actually sailed, unfortunately. Um, yeah, and I think ultimately, I think it'd be the same with Sangari for what it's worth. I think that when he comes, I mean, we, we, we've only got a small sample size, but against Newcastle, Sangari was incredible. Mm. He basically mm. won that midfield battle on his own. Well, there was um, the so, article this week, wasn't it, from John Percy, where Nuno said he's got high hopes for him. So, yeah. you know, he clearly sees yeah. him as a major part of his plan. So, hopefully, yeah. the injury's not bad and he can... And he's, he, I think the hope as well that he's kind of fully fit and he can get in and, you know, get up to speed and we can get going up and stay up. Definitely, that's the plan. Anyway, we'll now move on to some steps on it. Thoughts a little bit later than usual, but here we go. Red side of the Trent. <laughs> Slept on it thoughts. So we'll start with Osh Jones. He says, awful first half, but recovered well and good character to make a fist of its second half. God knows what the thinking was behind Musa instead of Toffa left back. Villa were superb, so credit to them for making us look average at times today. I think average is a bit of a compliment, really. Uh, Sam says, poor first half, good second half. Fort Rigi looked very good when he came on. Danilo had a few, had very good moments second half, and Cho played very well, so unlucky with his chances. I generally think if we didn't let in the first and the third goals, which are just poor marking, we could have come away with a result from that match. Very frustrating coming off the back of a really good game against West Ham that we can't pick up another result and get a bit of a run of form going on to the next game. Uh, BCP says, this one's on Nuno, but the players also never turned up until it was far too late. Disappointed with the lack of effort in first half. Uh, Snowboard Pete says, what frustrates me the most? We go from last week's performance to 40 minutes of trash. I know Villa have a great home record in the top four, but you made it very easy for them and there was an uphill battle afterwards. Anyway, Hudson Adoy is getting better with regular game time. I must say, I did think he was one of the few bright sparks, Hudson Adoy. Uh, Tom Newton says, after a dominant display last week, we gift the team four goals once we're away from an NG postcode. Cannot understand changing the formation to play near Carter at left back with top on the bench. They targeted that area all first half and we hope we lost our way. Villa went up a gear when they needed to. Uh, Premier Elliot said, it's a team on a bad form, a team on bad form, sorry, and riddled with injuries and called Charity FC, where we'll come to your ground, give you way too much respect, give you soft goals and some lovely points on the boards. Other than that, only Hudson Doyle and Neko played well. I was in top one, said, what a difference a week makes. Uh, Alex says that first half was on the worst on the Nuno. Didn't seem to have a clue what we were doing. Scored from a set piece, which is nice. And a great goal from Morgan. But ultimately shot ourselves in the foot for the 117th time this season and killed the game ourselves. Peter J. Chapman says it should have done better against a top four team. So it's a vast improvement for me under Cooper's reign. We look better going forward. Centre midfield looked empty, though. We're as good as any team in the bottom 10. So I think we'll be OK. Gareth D said, strange decision to play near Carter at left back. I mean, you sense a bit of a recurring theme here from the Forest fans. Uh, you can't get a team of Villa's quality a free goal advantage to expect anything from the game. It was always going to be a tough ask to get anything from yesterday regardless. The fourth goal from Ormamele's mistake killed us in the end. Uh, Ian Allsop says, losing I can take. It's a matter of it, I can't. Does a team really have to try hard to score past us? No, we gift goals at an alarming rate. 
saying goes, strikers win games, defenders win titles, scoring so we scoring we do pretty well, but our defence is badly letting us down, echoing what you said, Reese. Uh Reese Coy says just about pulled it around to regain some dignity from what was looking like a possible drumming. Bold calls from Santo at half time have to be applauded. Shows that he won't accept a poor performance no matter the player. Weirdly, and I mean weirdly, it felt like we missed Tavares, which is a very, very point. It looked pretty destabilized at left back, didn't we? Uh, Keith Nossett in function says Villa like the Death Star had one obvious weakness that Forrest didn't exploit because of Nuno's choices. He was totally outfoxed by Emery in the first half. The changes in the fight in the second were positive, but too late. Shows what a week's training can't achieve. And uh, last but not least, again, thank you all for getting these into us. Uh, Mark Baker said, Thought we like, really think we looked tired and leggy. Another game of if, buts, and maybes from us. But Villa's pressing and movement was exceptional and caused many of our mistakes. Sometimes you have to admit you're beaten by a much better team. Thank you all for getting your um, thoughts into us. Uh, much appreciated. So we can't go through them all. Uh, we're now going to run through a few player performances from the predictions. So, Reese, I'll start with you. And again, I know we sort of covered it in some detail and obviously spoke about Sangara and stuff now. But very, very unusual unusually poor Sergio Lad's performance from Nico Dominguez for me. What do you think? Yeah, I touched on it earlier, didn't I? Um, we went with Danilo and Dominguez in centre mid, which, you know, to be fair, I think most people advocated because we wanted the same 11. Um, if, you know, having Tavares out kind of affected the balance of the team because he's, as well, he's built up that relationship with Callum hudson Adore, and that, and that kind of went all over the whole team, I think. And, I mean, Dominguez just had a day yesterday where he just wasn't at the races once. I mean, him and Danilo, the second goal, you look at the second goal, him and Danilo, like Adam said earlier, are just marking Finner and Douglas Louise, you know, comes onto and sweeps it into the corner. It, it just, I think there was one early doors where Douglas Louise just barged him off the ball and put him on his backside. And then you're kind of thinking, right, this is going to be a physical battle. And, it looks like they're going to kind of win it because McGinn, McGinn gets himself stuck in as well, didn't it, doesn't he? So, yeah, an off day yesterday. Um, you know, it's just, it's just it's just one of them, unfortunately. <laughs> He's probably another one who's looking at the Serie A table and seeing his old club sat in a Champions League position and thinking, bloody hell. But, um, yeah, I think D- Dominguez overall has been pretty good for us. It's just, I think, too many people, including him, had a real off day yesterday as, you know, the hospital ball for the fourth. It just was a bit of a disaster one to yesterday, really, for him. Yeah, massively. Uh, Lee, I'm going to give you Divock Origi, who I suppose many of us thought was done at Forest. I thought we were all expecting him to go to the MLS, expecting to cut his loan, obviously. Dictating the play, Adam, told you. <laughs> yeah, obviously, probably because... Um, you know, obviously, Chris Wood got injured. So that's probably why we've kept him. But I have to say, fair play to him. He's done pretty well in the limited appearances he had. He scored against Bristol City, albeit fortuitously. And um, but yesterday, I thought, obviously, played a big part in the second goal yesterday, uh, last week against West Ham. But I thought he played pretty well. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I'll be, in, I'll be honest up front. Uh, I'm glad you've picked Origi for me because the bits that I did see, well, I've seen the majority of the second half and he played the whole of the second half. So happy days. Um, yeah, it was really good. Um, I've said it before with other players that I think when someone's out of the team, all you ask when they come back into the team is that they, they show that they want a shirt, basically. And I think um, that was certainly Origi's best performance in a Forest shirt, I think. Um, he just seemed to link up really well with with everyone else in the final third. Um, his ball through for 
uh, Gibbs White's goal was excellent. Um, and yeah, that's what we kind of hoped we'd signed when when we first saw we got him. Um, I think Origi, throughout his career, has always been a striker that he's probably not going to, for want of a better uh, similarity, a bit like Matt Derbyshire was for us. It does bright things and positive things, but it's usually not always involving scoring 20 goals. So, yeah, um, it was really positive. And I think with Chris Wood out injured, it's something that he needs to, to kind of... There is a role for him in the team now, I think. Um, certainly in the squad, sorry. Uh, obviously, with the, the settled four, I can think of Alain Gildson, Adoy, Gibbs White and Tywo is kind of... It's going to take a lot to break that, I think. Um, but let's face it, Origi's not averse to being the kind of super sub, is he? That's what he's kind of done. It's certainly what he did all the time at Liverpool. So, yeah, I think there's certainly a role for him. And, uh, yeah, yesterday was extremely positive uh, for Origi. I think, did he clip it over for Alanga as well? The yeah, I think he did. Over he, he did. did yeah. yeah, he did. He, so he should have had two assists, there, yeah. really. Yeah. Well, he, he probably scored one of the most famous goals in Liverpool's history, didn't he, really? The, yeah, yeah. Uh, as a sub. The, the corner one against Barcelona. I'm not saying it more. Yeah. I, I hate it, but we'll move Did he score in Champions League final as well, Origi? Yeah, he did. That, yeah. Oh, that, that dreadful final. Oh, yeah, move on. <laughs> uh, Adam, I'm going to give you Neocarte because I felt that he had a very mixed game. And obviously, most of it wasn't really his fault. I felt that when he actually was put the centre-back, he looked pretty solid. Um, also, cleared up, cleared up off the line, scores. But was also routinely um, targeted in the first half by a very ruthless Aston Villa side. So a very mixed day for him. But what did you think? Yeah, like you could probably call him Jekyll and Hyde a little bit in in a sense. Uh, why why is it when we've got an obvious weakness, teams kind of target it, but when one other teams have got this, like we don't do anything. Like we might target it once and then just just retreat. I don't. It's very strange. It's a very forest thing, but. To be fair to Niakate, I thought I thought he redeemed himself in the second half. I thought he played pretty well at centre half along alongside Andy O until the mistake. So I think fair play to him. I think he'll be the first to admit that uh when he's having an off day, he'll put his hand up and, and kind of admit that. I, I was surprised that he maybe didn't like try and maybe switch with Murillo when he was having such a bad day, because you could just he's not he doesn't want to be out wide there against Leon Bailey, who's arguably one of the best right wingers in the league this season. He's on absolute red hot form is is Leon Bailey. So I think anyone would struggle against him this season, especially at Villa Park where he's 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 absolutely flying. But no fair play to Niakati. At least he kept going. Um he didn't even celebrate the goal. So it obviously meant that he, he must have been fuming because like, well, why would you, especially when it's a consolation at the time? So, I think fair play to him. You, you know what you're going to get out of him most of the time. He is a, he is a leader in this team, even if he doesn't wear the armband. Um, so, no, yeah, I thought, thought a bit Jekyll and Hyde from him personally, but he'll draw a line through it, I think, and we'll move on to the next one where we've got two two games to go into, really. It's a bit, a bit, bit of a championship kind of fixture list this week, thankfully. Like, the next, the next one's on Wednesday, isn't it? So, exciting. Yeah, and uh, we'll look at that now, actually. So, obviously, Man United and the FA Cup, fifth round. That's it. Two games from Wembley, am I right in saying, I believe? Because the singers are very stupidly held um, for the semi-finals. But um, still, all the same. It's a good chance to go there. So, we'll start with that, Reese. Um, obviously, United had a very poor result at the weekends, um, which is rather amusing. But um, <laughs> what do you think of our chances this season? Obviously, we had a lot of joy playing them with uh, Nuno early this season. as just holding the home game. Um, the only real weakness was a goalkeeper, but how are you sort of seeing us going? 
I mean, United are just. I like. I watched them last weekend, obviously against Luton. Cause, you know, it was a kind of a big game for us with Luton battling down at the bottom. And the, you know, the two and up. What was it after five minutes, maybe? And you're thinking, you know, a proper quality side now nah, control this game, and they probably, you know, win three or four nil. And what do they do? They let Luton back into it, and then it becomes a game. You know, and then. You know, they've had the unlucky news for them this week that Rasmus Hoyland is now injured. I mean, he's just started getting going. And then yesterday, what did they do? They provide a stinker of performance at home and lose to Fulham. So, absolutely delighted from our sense because that's exactly what I wanted to see. And I think we'll beat them. Um, and I think we'll beat them by the same scoreline of what we did in the league. Um, but, you know, being, being with a neutral head, it depends what United want to turn up. If they want to turn up and play as with the players they've got, with the ability of players they've got, then they'll look to beat us. But if they turn up like they did the home game in the league, where like Morgan Gibbs White famously said in the huddle, look, these guys don't want it, we can we can turn them over. And like you said, Christian, apart from Matt Turner's mistake, they didn't they didn't look like scoring that night. I mean, Rashford made you know, the classic cliche on this pod, he may as well have come and sat with me and you, Adam, in Upper Bridgeford. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. But it was it was great to see their run of form um, get um, extinguished yesterday, wasn't it? And with no surprise to me that it was fair. I was having a debate with a couple of fans on Twitter. I said they'll be first on match of the day because they've lost, because it's Manchester United, you know, they're the big... To the big guys in town, and they was fair, duly first on. So, and they're on BBC. We're on BBC, aren't we, on Wednesday night? So I'm sure there'll be it'll be 99% of scrutinising why Manchester United messed up on Saturday, and one percent of Forest talk. So, yeah, hopefully we can beat them. I mean, we've quietly said in our chat it would be very Forest to go and beat them, then draw someone like a Coventry away in the quarterfinals, thinking, yeah, we're going to get to Wembley again and then getting beat. So. Hopefully that doesn't happen and hopefully we can win. And then, like you say, Christian, I agree with you. You know, the semi-finals being at Wembley, it, it takes some romance away from the cup for me personally. But yeah, one game from Wembley would be, it would be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it really would be, especially given all the replays we've had along the way. Uh, yeah. Lee, I, I find this that, can't Lee, be a replay at least. Yeah thank, yeah, thank the Lord. Lee, I find that when, I think the biggest thing is when, United don't have a focal point. They seem a much weaker side. I mean, it's well documented that they can see a lot of chances anyway. I think I think only Sheffield United and I think Luton, if you see, or Burnley, sorry, have given up more chances and more shots on goal than United have, which is absolutely absurd to think they're sitting in the European position with like minus one goal difference. But um, whatever it is. And, but that is maybe something we could target because I felt that when we played them at... Um, Obviously, in the home game again, Rashford was up front then. It just didn't seem to be firing. Obviously, Anthony was on the wing that, that, that night, and obviously, what well, we know wasn't good at all. But it does seem that maybe that maybe it's a structural issue we can maybe try and target. Yeah, definitely. I think it's um, it is big for us that Oiland's not available. Um, it's funny actually because I was um, for the program, I interviewed a fan from the opposite club, um, and the one I interviewed for the FA Cup game, I asked if the FA Cup was kind of seen as a successful season and he kind of said no um, they've got to finish in the top four so I just think it'll be interesting to see it with with Hoyland injured now I wonder if he will be tempted to rest other attackers as well um, so it will be interesting to see what team they play um, and what team they play probably would change my uh, prediction I suppose that said I am going positive and I think we probably will win again um, 
I have to disagree with Reese because I don't think Coventry are going to beat Maidstone. I think Maidstone are going to be uh, one game away from Wembley. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine if we would have lost to them? God. God, imagine. That would be oh, a meltdown. Nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we'll win. I think it'll be, uh, just for the sake of a different scoreline, I think it'd be nice to finally be on the uh, right side of a 3-2. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go for 3-2. I just add to your um, selection. They did go pretty full strength in the last round against Newport. They did, yeah, they they did. But I just think things are different now. Now they've had the defeat against Fulham and they've had a setback in the quest to get the top four. And Hoyland's injured as well; he's out for a few weeks. Can they really justify? I mean, they might go full strength. They might do. Um, I I I just think think it's very interesting. It's kind of the only. I know. Well. I know United need to get in the top four because a club of that size will be wanting to play Champions League football, but it's the only trophy you can win, Ten Hag. Will he kind of see that as a win mm. in terms of, keep, with obviously Jim Radcliffe now coming in, of kind of preserving his status as manager? It, 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 it obviously did that last season with the, the Carabao Cup in T1. So, yeah, I, I I'd expect yeah. him to go full strength personally, but we'll, we'll see on Wednesday night. My prediction is you'll, get, you'll be sat regardless, Ten Hag. He's not good enough, though, United. Guy's an absolute fraud. But um, which probably means we're going to lose now. Adam, um, yeah. <laughs> obviously, it's the seventh time in two years of playing Man United, which, considering we haven't played them for 23 years, is quite an achievement um, before that. But what are your. Obviously, again, another key issue is the midfield battle because time and time again this season, United seems to be overrun in midfield, much like we were at Villa. Uh, is that something that you think we can maybe try and get at? Yeah, I like to think so. Casemiro looks like he's had about. 30 donuts this season, unfortunately. There's so many late tackles, that guy. I don't know what's wrong with him. Last season, loves, he loves was... the yellow card. Casemiro. Last, se- last season, he was arguably one of the best players I saw come to the city ground in 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 every game. I think he was unbelievable, unbelie- unplayable. I was trying to, I was going to say unbelievable, and then wanted to go unplayable. But yeah, really, really good from Casemiro. But yeah, definitely a game where we can get in and amongst it. I wouldn't be surprised to see a rotated side from, from Man United like Reese says, but still pretty full strength like like likes of Scott McTominay and, and, and that come in. But for us I, I wouldn't be surprised for, for a little bit of change as well. I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me to see Ryan Nates come in in centre midfield with with either Danilo or Dominguez and hopefully Sangare's at least on the bench to come on and get in some minutes before his absolute stunning performance against Liverpool on the Saturday. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep putting positive energy out in there in the world to hope hopefully it will happen. Yeah, no, I think we'll we'll go fairly strong. Nuno Nuno's obviously uh already told many media outlets how how much he loves the FA Cup and how much it it, it means to him and him watching English football uh, when he was younger. So and, and yeah almost got success with Wolves. So I think we'll go pretty full full strength. Uh, I think it, I think we'll be tight, and I think we'll win one nil. Yeah, I I actually am going to go over the same scoreline. I think we're going to win one nil as well. Um, I just yeah, it might come late. I think, um, but I, I do think we'll eventually wear them down and score. I just, I think just just as bad as our defending can be, we saw against West Ham how good it could be as well. I just think that you know. This will probably be used as an excuse, as an excuse and they'll give a massive kick up the arse and they'll respond well, is what that's how I'm going to approach it. And hopefully, if we can get a result, it can give us some good momentum going into Saturday, which we have uh, high flying Liverpool, Reese, which is not obviously injury hit now, but as we saw against Luton, if you um, poke the bear as such, they're not afraid to 
put you into the ground pretty much. Uh, how do you see that game going? Because, I mean, I felt last season there was a sort of like, oh, you know, we might get something, whereas this is, it feels very much like, yeah, this is going to be a, a big ask to get anything from that game. I'm guessing we're, we're just going to kind of cover the United game and Liverpool game together with a proximity, close proximity then. Uh, depends if we win. Yeah. We might, we might, we might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's a 5-0 defeat, we might just skip over Man United. I'm just looking yeah. at their team yesterday, what United. Cup? If we lose 5-0, I mean, what FA Cup? Yeah, yeah. Um, just looking at their team yesterday, United, I mean, they started a, an academy player instead of Anthony, which kind of sums up his time at United, didn't he? Um, they have got quite a few injuries as well. Um, they brought him on for 40 seconds man. and it was his birthday, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> make, make, make a wish, um, Anthony. I mean, the missing Shaw, obviously, Mason Mount's been long term. Lissandro Martinez, obviously, Hoyland. So we'll see with that. Um, <laughs> now we're going to another side who, because they've got a couple of injuries, it's the whole team's out, according to the media. I mean, there was an article from the BBC I saw where there was even putting like a player who'd played half an hour in the Europa League this season as an absentee. I thought, mm, different for them, like, isn't it, at the top of the league? Um, I mean, with Liverpool, I mean, we're not sure whether Salah, Nunes, I think Trent might be out. It's kind of, if they get them players back, what kind of team they're going to put out against us. I mean, if they're pretty much full strength, I mean, they're flying this season, aren't they, Liverpool? I mean, the clock set, clock, clock saying he's burnt out, it's kind of gave them that energy and tip to, kind of push on again I think so it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough tough afternoon um, I can't predict them to win I'm not predicting them to win no no chance in a million years I'm predicting Liverpool to win so we'll go with what happened last year 1-0 home win but it'll be <laughs> but that's very biased for his head on from a neutral perspective, it's going to be a very, very tough game. If Liverpool, like I said, have got the likes of Salah and, to be fair, Nunes, who's quite informed this season, you know, you know, you look at the away game where, you know, the, the Murillo mistake and they completely sprung on us with like six players. Um, if we make mistakes at the back, they are the perfect team to completely punish us. So as we made two mistakes up there, didn't we? Where Toffolo and Turner got in a mess and Sangari didn't track the runner for the second, for example. So yeah, we'll see. That I mean the atmosphere should be as good as it should ever be in the Premier League for that type of game. Liverpool at home. These are the type of games what we're in the Premier League for, aren't you? And and last season was, you know, a bit of a fairy tale beating them really. You're on mute. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what about you? I mean, it's um, yeah, it's going to be tough. I I kind of feel that with their injuries, you know, obviously it's more Kelleher, I think, because remember, remember last season we had a proper go at Liverpool, and Allison made that outrageously good save from Yates, which is probably the best save I've seen at the City Ground from opposing goalkeeper, at least since Dean Gherkin decided to turn the booth on repeatedly whenever he played against us for some for whatever reason, but um. <laughs> What what do you think is going to happen? Um, I have to say first, my heart bleeds for Liverpool. They, they lose Diego Diogo Jota, and then who, who pops in for him? Mo Salah. What a nightmare! I can see why BBC are making such a big thing out of it. I oh, mean, did you not know that they're the first? The lack of the lack of strength in the lack in lack of strength in depth. One of the top top teams in the country in, in the world have got. I mean, it's it really is hard not to feel sorry for, the, for those poor buggers. Um, <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Um, I actually think we might win. 
and it's nothing to do with the, the game. It's more to do with the fact that I won't be there. Um, thanks to the not so for giving me a cup semi-final, it means I won't be there. So I think we'll win. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know why. I just think, like you've just said, Christian. I just think the goalkeeper is a massive part of what they do, and I think. Like you say, last season we probably would have scored once, if not twice, if it had not been for Alisson. So, yeah, I think if we test this keeper, I think we can find a way through. I'll go for goals again. I think it might be, I think, 2 1 to Forest. Uh, and I think is, we might come from behind as well. Is he definitely injured then, Alisson? He's out to international break. Yeah. International oh, break, yeah. yeah. Like Andrew, I yeah. said, it, it depends who's back and who's not, isn't it, for him? You know, because no, he's got a few no, injuries no. at the minute. No Trent, no Sabozlai. Salah. Sabozlai might, might play again mm. to, um, tonight in the cup final. We're recording on Sunday. Okay. Oh, um, it'd be, it'd be so bad. good as well to like, obviously it'd be a massive three points for us, but to just disrupt them winning the, the title would be incredible. Adam, what about you? Yeah, tough one. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of emotions, um, lots of history between the two sides as there were last season in, in the home game where... Dean Anderson, like, just, I don't know, just pulling off, like, Gordon Banks-esque saves. Why do I love, like, referring to old... Dean Gherkin's a great shout, by the way, Christian. That, that's, like, uh, so... He just, he is in the same category as, like, Rudy Gestairs and Stephen Dobby. Whenever he saw Matt, Forrest, Matt, he was, like, Matt you know... Smith. Yeah. Yeah, Matt There's, Smith. It was, like, oh, maybe we should do, case, maybe, you know? maybe we should do an episode of, like, Forrest Nemesis. Like, yeah, he, Scott, he'd be in goal. He Scott, would be. I mean, thankfully, the Liverpool... Uh, um, Forest nemesis Diego Jota is injured. Oh, no, he always yeah. scores past us as well. Yeah, does, at least, yeah. least we've got good nemesis in some yeah. team, like, not just like yeah, <laughs> it out in League Two now. He like. scored that. He scored a brace for Wolves into him. Um, Mustafa Carriol scored that wielded yeah. from like forty on. <laughs> we're definitely we're yeah. definitely doing nemesis uh, segment at one point. That will come to a to a home near you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, lots of emotion. I think. It's it's a uh, third third three pm kickoff in a row, uh, which is nice for for the match day going fan. Obviously, not having to muck about with travel and all that crap. So no, I think it's gonna it sets up nicely to be a really good one. We'll want to get um, back on keep on uh, winning at home as as well on on the back of West Ham last week. Um, I think it'll be tight and and it'll be can we take our chances when we really want to? And and I think from what we've seen of Nuno, he. he he put we we'll push forward and, and it's just it's just whether we can cut out their mistakes as as we well know. So I think it'll be tight. And I'm gonna go for a one nil win from last like we did last season. Um Morgan Gibbs White. Oh, oh, Penal controversial penalty given by VAR. I mean that's funny. There's no way. Not yeah, not in top farewell. Not like we saw that decision that Hossa got against Newcastle. There's no way they are giving anything against them. What I want to see is Klopp come on to the referee like gurning, absolutely furious. The VAR panel be Kenny Dalglish and Ian Rush knowing the Yeah, Graham Sunez, fourth official. Wheel them all out. It's like, oh yeah. No, I reckon I don't want to go against the grain because he's altered us to win, but I feel like from a realistic perspective, I'm going to go for a Desmond's. I'm going for two all. Um, I just don't see us. I mean, the fact that at least I, I, I reach, I'm not going to hear this. I think they're going to win the league. Personally, Liverpool. I think I, I think they're they're going to see it out. It'd be a Klopp's fairy tale ending, and we'll hear about it endlessly for decades. Yeah. Um, Media's I, wet dream. 
Yeah, I think it's going to happen. I think um, what they've done this season without real defensive midfielder apart from Endo is pretty remarkable. I think all things considered, it shows what happens. Take Jordan Henderson out your midfield, you're going to win things. Who who would have thought it? Um, Gareth like hasn't won everything with that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Passenger, mate. He's no different to Jimmy Traore. <laughs> no different to Jimmy Traore. Um, but I reckon it's going to... I, I can't say it's going to be a clean sheet against them. I just think that... But equally, I think that we'll we'll give them hell. We'll go for it. And I think that um, I saw... As good as I think Keller and can be, I still think he's a little green at times. We saw that of Luton's goal at um, Anfield where he just sort of parried it back into play straight to one of their players ahead and into off Benny for an open goal. I think we can get at them causing issues, especially with the um, injury situation they have. But um, I don't see us winning. But I think a point against them would be massive. I don't think anyone, anyone really would expect it. Anyone looking at that, it's, it's not a 12.30 kickoff for a start. So it's immediately different to last year. Um, yeah, I think even if they win today as well in the cup final, they're professional enough to just go, right, OK, on to the next one. Then they, they won't get like carried away with a trophy, which because it's in their nature. The Especially win thing. Not, not a Carabao Club. Exactly. So, um, Liverpool, it was a tournament mm. a few years ago. Klopp wasn't bothered about it. And then he realised that Pep Guardiola is winning all these cups and his record looks loads better than Klopp. So it's like, oh, actually, we'll bother about that. But it should I, be a bit I, of a ding dong, yeah. shouldn't it, really? Because they're going to yeah. come and have a real go. Definitely. We're going to have to be our very best. And um, I think a few days after United might be a bit tricky. But. Just worth adding, Liverpool yeah. also play uh, Southampton in the FA Cup in the week as well. They do, yeah, but they're, they're, they'll play their B team for that. I just want that, but um, yeah. Just, uh, think, yeah. just to obviously, um, before we kind of wrap up, I mean, we spoke, haven't we, in our group between us? We've got 12 Premier League games left. We've, we've ear, well, I have earmarked eight kind of games, what realistically we can get either wins or draws from. I think the four you look at where you'd realistically say, the opposition's going to win are probably Liverpool at home, City at home, Brighton away and Tottenham away. So Even Brighton away, to be honest. I think that's mm, in between their Roma games. Well, we've got a point there last year. So, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's good for us. Obviously, they're going to I have think If they were out of Europe, it might be different. Mm. But that's going to be... So, maybe it's, another, maybe it's another one. Um, but, I mean, like, with like the, the bookies will have Brighton, massive favourites, example, that game, won't they? Yeah. Um, so... You, you, these type of games, you, you you can't go into the mentality of oh, it's a it's a complete bonus because you've got to try and get any. As we know in the Premier League, we got yeah. we got results against Liverpool last season. We lost to teams like Leicester, who were bottom of the league at the time. Mm. But you know, um, yeah, like it's going to be a big push from here on out. And I think um, every game's big, really. So. Every game's going to be big. Twelve games to go now. We're we're approaching quite a serious stage this season, and we're not in a good position. So we need um, some wins and pretty quickly. I think um, it's worth noting that I think the points per game total since uh, Nuno took over would have us at about tenth. Yeah, so stands. So which is which is good. You know, we have to take something from that. So and we are scoring goals, which is the hardest thing to do in football. Mm. So it's just a case of sure I cover back, which hopefully <laughs> we can start to do. But um, anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I think we had a peak of about forty-five. So many thanks for giving up your Sunday morning to hear us talk about Nottingham Forest football clubs to Pete's it's <laughs> much appreciated and thanks for your comments and septonic thoughts and whatnot and um, yeah we might be back with you for a midweek review after the United game um, depending how that goes um, but we'll definitely be one on next Sunday to talk through the uh, United well the definitely Liverpool game because that'll be the back to Premier League um, but yeah thank you all for tuning in uh, listeners and viewers and until next time come on you Reds
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.